are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and set to bring you all another sit-down interview and discussion with our dear friend on the podcast, Joe Rose. We talk about the Dolphins' 17-16 victory over the New England Patriots, We talk about what in the heck the Dolphins can do to slow down Josh Allen just for once. At some point, law of averages has to kick in. We talk about the news that came through on Friday that the Dolphins will be without wide receiver Will Fuller for an indefinite amount of time, what that means for the other wide receivers on the roster, who is best positioned to line up and take those opportunities, who needs to step up in his absence, so on and so forth. It's a great conversation. Joe and I, we did about 20 minutes uh, sitting down talking Miami Dolphins football. want to make sure you guys get your hands on it as soon as possible so you can listen before the Dolphins welcome the Buffalo Bills for a critical AFC East clash on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Hard Rock Stadium. So without further ado, we're going to tag in our dear friend Joe Rose and talk a little Miami Dolphins football. Kyle Krabs joined once again by Joe Rose here on Locked on Dolphins. We have been pumping out the podcast here with the season upon us and back by popular demand. Everybody loves when I have Joe Rose on, which I don't blame him. You know, I could sit here and listen to Joe talk Miami Dolphins football yeah. all day. So to share the microphone with you is an absolute pleasure. We love having you on the show. So Joe, welcome back. We didn't get to talk to you on Victory Monday this past Monday after a 17-16 a victory for the Dolphins over the New England Patriots, but uh, still getting a chance to talk to you before week two rolls around. So uh, would love to hear some of your general impressions and thoughts from this yeah. Dolphins win in week one and, and what excited you the most? Well, I, I didn't think they played a great game and they still won. I mean, and, and they beat New England on the road, which was um, incredible. I mean, they had two great drives to start the, the game and to start the second half, but uh, and defensively gave up some yards and struggled on third down to get off the field. But but they get in that red zone, and like last year, they're a tough team and, and got some great stops. And I thought it was really demoralizing for the New England Patriots to have so many 14-play drives and either come up empty or kick field goals. I mean, you're thinking 14 plays, you're getting touchdowns, right? Four, five, six, seven minute with a touchdown in there. So they were stingy. I mean, at the end of the day, only they only gave up the one touchdown. And let's be honest, um, a very questionable call to get that one touchdown going back to a Landon Roberts, who that's a play of the game outside of the X-Man making the, the strip at the end of the game and, and recovering the fumble. Landon Robert blows up the running back and, and makes a great play and, and gets called for a penalty with the quarterback. And they go in and score. But if not, they're kicking another field goal and they don't get a touchdown in that game. Yeah, that, that bend but don't break mentality is, is probably something that can be frustrating to watch at times as a fan, or it's like, man, like they got the ball, they're driving again, they're getting yards, they're picking up yards, but uh, it really feels like between last year and this year's season opener, this is kind of the DNA of this team. They're going to rank high in turnovers, they're going to rank high in points allowed, but yards per game, they're kind of going to let you uh, – they're going to let you – 
possess the ball a little bit, it feels like, and make some mistakes and be opportunistic as compared to, to trying to force you to go three and out right. on every single possession. It's just not really what they've done now that Coach Flores has some of his personnel in-house here in, in the midst of entering year three of this rebuild. You look uh, at Josh Boyer, and when I say Josh Boyer, because he has been the defensive coordinator, he's done a great job, but you have to mention Brian Flores because I still think he's a big part of the personality of this defense because of his years in uh, with the New England Patriots as their defensive coordinator. But again, they give up a lot of yards, but the one thing they when you talk to those guys individually, it's in their brains, especially in the red zone. We're going to do some different things. We're going to stop people. The field gets shorter. And um, we're going to hold you to field goals. We're going to let you kick field goals all day. Um, and we are going to keep you out of the end zone. And you look at the end of the, the day against Patriots, they had one touchdown, one touchdown. They got some, obviously, two big takeaways, uh, stripping the running backs for the Patriots. But, yeah, it's kind of that same thing. Gets frustrating sometimes because you're looking, and they were so good at third down a year ago, the best in the NFL and they struggled in this game. Although, you know, talking to those guys, they did what they wanted to do, Kyle. They got him in third downs, and they want him to dump the ball underneath, and he did. So that just tells me guys got to react quicker to the ball, got to make tackles before guys are getting first downs. But Mac Jones threw a lot of balls underneath, a lot of short passes, mm -hmm. which, by the way, most of them, a lot of them turned into first downs. But for the most part, not a lot of big plays down the field. Yeah, and, and one of the things that stood out to me uh, about this game was with New England being so much in 12 personnel and, and kind of forcing you to play with three-plus linebackers at times on the field, you know, if you're including the hybrid guys and the, the Jalen Phillips and Van Ginkles. And when, when you watch, went back and watched the tape, it, it really popped how much they asked guys like Sam McGuavin and Andrew Van Ginkle to do in coverage. And, and that's probably not when you look at the roster and how many DBs that they have. Uh, that's, that's probably not ideally what they'd like to do in a lot of weeks, but with New England specifically, with how often they had two tight ends on the field, it was kind of, okay, we're going to try and work our concepts, but right. we're going to have some linebackers and some, some shallow drops instead of that extra safety from time to time. So uh, kind of curious what your thoughts are uh, as far as, how much of what we saw from a personnel usage against New England defensively with Van Ginkle and, and Roberts, you know, they got a lot of run. You know, is this something we should expect to see? Or is this, you know, obviously Buffalo runs a, a lot more 10 yeah. and 11 personnel space the field. So, you know, is this just another example of Coach Flores and that mantra and living and breathing by we want to be multiple and we want to match personnel with who we get on any, on any given week? Well, I think things will be a lot different because the success that I know we're going to talk about him, Josh Allen spreading out the field and, and, uh, and, and, you know, loss and all that. And I've been talking about Josh Allen all week and I'm sure you have too. And the numbers mm -hmm. he has put up with that five and one record that he has, including the last five in a row, he has been, I mean, we almost gave him the MVP by ourselves the way he's played uh, against the dolphins. He's just been great. And by the way, when we do rush four. And we drop guys in and we try to double guys. He takes off and runs. And those numbers are ridiculous. He's almost running for 10 yards a carry against the Dolphins. Some of them have been shotgun sweeps where he takes the ball out in front. I don't think with that new contract, we're going to be seeing that as much. They don't want him getting hit. 
but he's still going to take off on plays and somebody's not open and he sees man to man down the field. Um, and he sees an opening between guard and tackle or getting outside the pocket, he will take off and go. So it gives uh, a lot of, lot of problems to the dolphins trying to figure out which way to go. Saw the, if you're supposed to cover, I saw the comments from Josh Boyer. If you're supposed to cover cover, and that means don't stop after four or five seconds, stick with them because, hey, they turned into Sandlot football if he's got too much time. Guys are just running to get open because he's got one of the biggest arms in football, and he will throw it 50 or 60 yards down the field um, no matter where he is because he's got one of the best arms and he can make the throw. And that kind of is what I saw um, in that last game where they just exploded in the second and third quarter and put that thing away sometime in the third quarter um, in that game that knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs the last game of the season. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are absolute. They're just like the Miami Dolphins. That's what they are. They're a first-place protein bar. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. 100% chocolate on each and every one of their flavors. They are absolutely delicious and easy to love. So whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, something to grab and go, something as a midnight snack, a meal replacement, you name it, Built Bar can be it. And right now you can visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Yeah, it's a good transition to to Buffalo and, and Josh Allen specifically and uh, one of the things that Miami had success with against New England was putting the ball on the turf, forcing the ball onto the turf. Uh, Josh Allen, you talk about his running prowess. Uh, that's one thing the Dolphins have not been able to do is consistently get him to turn the ball over, right? And, and just from a law of averages standpoint, he's had nine fumbles in his last 10 games. Miami forced three this past week. They've got turnovers in 23 consecutive. Like at some point, doesn't the the well just have or the the levy have to break and we get uh <laughs> two or three turnover game from like I'm sitting here wondering what else you can possibly do differently to try to get a different result against Josh Allen because it feels like he has just consistently had all the answers every time he's played Miami. Well I I, I noticed my eyes told me something else last year. They did the best job with pass protection against our front, whether it was a blitz or whether it's a four-man rush. They blocked us better in passing situations, pass protection by far of anybody I saw last year. You watch those guys and we just we just couldn't get there. And there was just too much patting the ball back there looking for somebody to get open and throw the ball or, like I said, take off and, and get 10 yards plus or, or close to it. Um, that's got to get better. And that leads me right to Jalen Phillips. We, we, we've got to see more. Jalen Phillips, I think Van Ginkle's uh, a little banged up. Um, didn't play great last week. I mean, not to not they, they won the game, but didn't play one of his better games. I saw him after the game, and his face told me everything. You know, walking out, he wasn't happy, and he wasn't happy. They won. He wasn't happy. Told me, you know, he wasn't. He didn't play the way he mm-hmm. thought he should. And listen, we've gotten a little spoiled because he has been a fantastic player for this team. I mean, his. His improvement from last year, what he was able to do from the year before was fantastic. But we still got to find out without sending. And we will send everybody again, the dancing seven, 
will blitz and they'll give them a bunch of different looks. But at some point, we got to do what we just saw the Steelers do. They didn't blitz very much. And they got their guy back that they just gave a lot of money, T.J. Watt. And he just, he dominated. He had two sacks, a lot of pressures. And, and, and so that allows them to cover guys and still get that rush. Yeah. Um, Jalen, it, it was tough for me to kind of get a feel for his game against New England because they didn't really ask him to just win off the edge on a lot of his reps. You know, it was a lot of the twists and the two-man two game. And, okay, we want you to, to cross inside, come across, I say, wins face and, and contact that guard and try and free up a looper. But uh, the get-off looks like it's there. Uh, the mobility looks like it's there. It's just like you said, we, we got to see some fruits of this labor, uh, of him being a, such a high investment. Uh, another player, another rookie, really, that, that we would love to see more from, and he had a very impactful week one performance, is Jalen Waddle with the news of Will Fuller dealing with some personal issues, and we obviously wish him uh, the best in whatever he's dealing with privately. But you know, this game plan for Miami now with speed and creating explosive plays and um, you know, whether it's Albert Wilson or, or Jalen Waddle with obviously the, the premier investment that they have in him, uh, they're going to need somebody to step up and continue to create plays down the field. And it was great seeing Waddle make the big 36 yard reception on the slot fade against new England. But um, you know, do, do you think with, uh, this kind of short notice that Will's not going to partake because he practiced on Tuesday before the news came out that he was dealing with personal issues, uh, that, that we may see some of those deeper concepts with, with Waddle kind of taking some of those reps we may have been expecting to see for Fuller. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to see more of, of Jalen Waddle. I mean, he got off to the great start in the game. Mm -hmm. I, I hope we can see more targets more ways to get him the ball. He just looked so explosive. His first two steps are ridiculous. And uh, going up and getting the ball down the sideline, it was just great to see. He can do a lot of different things. And I think that we, we got to get more of that. But I think Albert Wilson's going to be the next guy. And by the way, I think psychologically, this team thought they had Will Fuller back. And it, it's got to be like, I know how I reacted. I'm sure how you reacted. I saw my guys in the morning, how they reacted. We started to have stuff was leaking in this morning. And, uh, and so I started making calls like, you know, and, and of course nothing leaks out uh, over there at camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so I don't know he's coming back, but it was a little bit of a punch in the gut. One of the best and most explosive wide receivers in football um, is not going to be here playing. You got to adjust. Now the good news is they didn't have him the whole camp anyway. He hasn't done anything since he's been here except his name, Will Fuller. That's him standing on the sideline of practice. So uh, they're used to it. Albert Wilson's played a lot, got off to a great start in camp. I think Tua is going to want him in there because I think he feels comfortable. So I expect to see more of it. I think Devontae Parker, once again, will be the most targeted player on the team because there's a comfort level with that big body on those post patterns and square ends, and you can throw it up. And um, there's a good chance he's going to have a chance to jump over the top of somebody. Um, that's a, a, the fastest, healthiest I've seen him um, going back to his big year a couple years ago. I just thought after the catch, he really had some spring in his legs. Uh, so, so I thought that was a good sign. 
And I think Albert Wilson's the next guy. And then the other guy, um, and I and I get it, Mike Kosicki looks like, hey, Mike, we're only going to play in passing situations. And we're going to play a lot of the other tight ends, which was a, a little bit of a, a surprise for me, seeing him on the sideline so much in the last game. Um, but I, I think we got to get Mike Kosicki back in this game plan down the middle. I still believe down the middle, uh, throw it around him. He can go up and get it. He can go up higher and get it than anybody else. Uh, he really moves well. We got to get him going. I'm glad you mentioned run after the catch for Devontae Parker because that's kind of been a, a sore spot for Miami the last two years uh, with their skill players and being being able to create after the catch. Parker had eight and a half yards after the catch per reception in week one. And that that's like six, six and a half yards more than he was getting get the last right. two years. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and I, that is to some degree a, a testament to some of the new offensive philosophies that the Dolphins are putting in play. And uh, Sam McGuavin just talked about, obviously, a defensive player, but talked during the Friday press availability about Brian Flores always puts his players in position to be successful, right? And, and this offense with Coach Godsey and Studisville and uh, the new implementation of an offense that's more catered towards Tua Tagovailoa, and, and he talked about the check at the line of scrimmage to take the the big slant pattern for twelve on first and fourteen, and when and when they were trying right. to milk the clock, like I just think that's that's so exciting. And watching how aggressive Devontae was with the football was what really popped to me. Like he's attacking these DBs, and he knows he's big, and he looks healthy, like you said. So. That's that's really a promising development for me from my eyes when I watched how he handled the after the catch opportunities he had in week one. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Um, you know, you, you'll watch and we've seen Devontae Parker uh, not play in the old days to play with a bad hamstring last year. And it was just playing in slow motion. The ball had to be thrown perfectly there towards the end of the year. But he felt he needed to stay in the game. And you could just see there was just no explosion to, to get down the field and Everything had to kind of be thrown at the back shoulder and then to see this guy the way he was after the catch and, and these post patterns. And I, I think he'll continue with this run pass option that Tua seems to be really comfortable doing um, is going to continue to make those throws when he gets an opportunity and, uh, and hopefully go down the field more too. We got some guys and I, and I think Albert Wilson is going to be one of those guys. I think he's going to pick it up for Will Fuller. Um, and he looks closer to the guy before he hurt his hip. He ran like that in camp before he shut it down for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point, too. And you had mentioned, you know, Tua wanting to get Albert involved because of Albert's hot start in camp. And that is one thing that I, I, I do bear in mind in, in trying to weigh out the pros and cons of, of this sudden news that we have of Will Fuller and his availability is, Tua had a lot of throwing sessions during the summer, and Albert Wilson was one of those guys who was here. And right. Will, Will didn't come until he finished some training that he had a little bit later in the summer and then obviously missed effectively the entirety of training camp versus Albert Wilson's first two weeks of training camp was just phenomenal with the impact that he has. So from a timing perspective, it seemed like New England just kind of puts you in, in a position where you wanted to play the inline guys, not get more three wide receiver sets out there. Whoever that – player is that is that next man up whether it's Preston Williams assuming he dresses in some instances or Albert Wilson or whoever else it is uh, you got to feel good about the fact that these guys at least put the sweat equity in right yeah I, I'm with you um I, I tell you I got to be careful because sometimes I turn to a huge fan and 
And so I'm like everybody else. I get up and down. And, and, and I got to tell you, <laughs> Preston Williams has put me on uh, – he's put me on a roller coaster. I wouldn't wish on any fan out there. Just when you start to get excited and thought he'd be back and be in camp and healthy mm-hmm. and I see him out there standing every day. And then I saw him play a few plays in the preseason. And I'll be honest, he didn't look very good. He didn't look like he – um, was running well, looked like there's still a little limp in there. And so we haven't seen him since. So, um, you know, after a while, and a guy misses a half a season, his first two years, when you're supposed to be in your prime of staying healthy early in your career, that's been, and, and it's not, he, he's not getting hurt on purpose. And I understand that. And I've had people take shots at me, but you know, you got to stay healthy in this league, man. And, and, and if you can't, and you can't depend on somebody no matter how much talent, potential talent they have because of the size, the freakish physical talent we have seen. And when you can't play, you know, can't make the club sitting in the tub. Boy, whoever came up with that and uh, and seeing him, I, I don't know if he'll play again this week. Um, you know, sound like he was limited in practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going with those guys that they played with in, uh, in the preseason because they were pretty consistent plus a healthy Devontae Parker out there. Yeah, the, the saying, uh, your best ability is availability. That's right? exactly and, right. And and that's a hard sell for, yeah. for Preston and uh, is on the injury report as officially questionable for the game on Sunday uh, that the Dolphins released on, on Friday afternoon. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. Teams are back for the start of yet another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this fall. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Joe, the last thing that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Obviously, this is Dolphin season home opener, right? And chance to play at Hard Rock Stadium for the first time this season in the regular season. And you're welcoming those boys from Northern New York who are going to wear those dark navy blue uniforms play in the South Florida sun. Curious, you obviously have experience playing in South Florida. Uh, what's this heat like when you got to yeah. play a professional football game for 60 minutes and, and any perspective that you can give on uh, the challenges that this natural home field advantage that Miami has built in with the weather yeah. could provide them on Sunday? I think it's huge. Um, I know Don Shula really was big on it really loves one o'clock September games get off to a great start hot we'll play one o'clock games all day love it at the old orange bowl that was a big thing for him for sure and I'll just tell you personally coming from the bay area and that weather's always 50 to 70 or 50 to 60 with no humidity and uh and, and playing out there and then coming out here and uh, my first game that I played a lot in a preseason football game, my rookie year, um, I didn't come right out in the second half. I had cramped up, um, didn't drink enough liquid, wasn't aware of it. I, I cramped up just about my whole first year that I was playing a lot as a rookie um, constantly. I, the weather, it just 
can cramp you up in the middle of a game and they go, oh, you got to drink more. And, if, you know, of course, we were taking salt back then. We thought the salt was the was the go-to, which to come to find out it, I don't think it worked, but we took a lot of it, those salt pills and stuff. But, yeah, I think it's a big advantage. We see the teams come from the cooler weather, which I know it's it's still warm most places, uh, but I think it's a big advantage. Just hang in there hang in there, get some long drives and start to wear guys out, swear teams out. I saw it happen at Chicago Bears a couple years ago. They were just worn out. We've seen certain teams come to town. Patriots look wiped out in that second game where we ran for over 200 yards against them. I just think you keep hitting them and you keep hitting them and you keep hitting them and uh, the wear and tear and you see the big guys start. They're the first ones with the wave as in wave me out of the game. Come get, I want my replacement. Please come in and and the coaches shake and no, you got to stay in there, you know, and those 330, 340 pound defensive linemen, 320 pound defensive linemen. Uh, this humidity down here is a different animal, man. So I think it is. It, it's a it, it's a big bonus for this Dolphins team. Um, it can't be hot enough and humid enough for me, even as people are joking this morning, we get a little rain around 12 o'clock and it stops to add a little extra humidity coming up. That'd be okay too. Yeah, let's uh, let's get a couple chunk plays on first down and run a little tempo and, and really it, see man. how well conditioned these Bills are on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Joe, thanks so much as always for carving some time out of your day. It was great to catch up after the win on Sunday for the Dolphins against the Patriots and, and previewing this game against Bills. Obviously, a very high stakes game for both Buffalo, who's coming in at zero and one. Uh, and Miami with an opportunity to go up over the Bills by two and a half games in the standings after just yeah. two weeks. It's a big game. It's a huge home game. And uh, listen, nobody has put up numbers like Josh Allen. It's not going to be easy. I am dying to see what the Dolphins are going to try to do a little differently that that they haven't. He's got a 5 and one record, as I said before, in his six games. He can run um, and just put together an unbelievable season last year. It's always fun to watch all the adjustments that come from both sides. These teams know each other. A lot of the same guys from a year ago playing against each other. So uh, I can't wait for Sunday to see what it's going to look like. Absolutely. Can't wait to have you back on again. Joe Rose, everybody, thank you for your time. Enjoy your weekends. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, and we'll talk with you guys after Miami's Week 2 contest against the Buffalo Bills.